John Lewis and Partners offer quality, value and sustainable home collections all in one place. If you are an interior designer and want to hear about the exclusive trade terms available from John Lewis and Partners Business, email business at johnlewis.co.uk. Hello and welcome to the Interior Design Business, the monthly podcast produced by the Interior Design Community for the Interior Design Community. Today we're podcasting in front of a live audience of designers here at the International Interior Design Show, DecorX. Yes, welcome to the seminar theatre here at DecorX. We're delighted to be here and to be joined by so many people today. My name is Jeff Hayward, and I'm joined by my co-presenter, Susie Rumbold, Creative Director of Tsuta Interiors. It has been said that the worst experiences make the best stories, and never has this been truer than in the world of interior design. Interior designers have to deal with so many products and material types and so many builders, suppliers and manufacturers that the scope for things to go wrong is infinite. From the lorry driver that reversed over the consignment to the decorator who hung the wallpaper upside down, day after day, month after month and year after year, our interior design heroes rise above the chaos, remain calm and keep their heads when all around are losing theirs and blaming it on them. So today, just for fun, just because we can, we're going to explore some of the worst, best moments in the careers of two renowned interior designers and find out just how they solved the insoluble and still came up smiling and smelling of roses. Welcome to the interior design business. Without further ado, let me introduce our two very special guests, Irene Gunter from Gunter & Co. and Joanna Wood from Joanna Wood Limited. Welcome to you both. Thank Thank you. Now, before we begin, Irene, can you please tell us a bit about your background? Sure. Um, I came to London 12 years ago from Belgium and uh, studied interior design at the Interport School of Design and was planning on heading straight back to Belgium where the education on that front isn't that um, widely available, but I got handed a job, and as what happens with most people, once you're in London, you stay in London. So that's been, uh, you know, 13 years ago, and I set up my own studio seven years ago, and it's been a really fun ride. Excellent. Joanna, I can't believe there's anybody in this room who doesn't know who you are, but... I don't know who I am, so (laughs) they've all got the advantage. Goodness. Well, I think I need to start by saying that I am far and away the least qualified person in my office. Guys, don't tell anyone, but I have absolutely no training whatsoever, (laughs) except at the University of Life, which has been long and troubled in my case. Um, I do lots of things. I have an interior design business, and the secret of any successful interior design business, as anyone will tell you, is to employ brilliant and talented people, and then you're absolutely made for life, and that's definitely a start. I also do, for my sins, retail, which I've always loved, because it means, as a shopaholic, you can shop for other people. I think that's why I'm an interior designer, too. I do fabrics and wallpapers with Lewis and Wood. 
I do lighting with Philips and Wood, and I do upholstery, um, although we've just had an MBA with Lawson Wood. So uh, there are many, many problems out there amongst that lot, and I think I've been through most of them. Okay. The only, just, just one tiny thing that makes me nervous about Jeff, he goes, and, and Susie, and they go, and you're going to find the solutions. Well, they didn't tell me about the solutions. I'm just going to tell you about the problems. I can't, I can't solve them, Susie. I mean, you know, they, some of them were irreparable. I don't, don't know how we're going to do that. But hey, we'll, off we'll, we go. We'll give it a crack. Um, <laughs> now, as we all know, some jobs are simply star-crossed. You know, those projects where if it can go wrong, if it can possibly go wrong, it absolutely will. Irene, can you tell me about the most fraught project you've ever worked on and why? Yeah, absolutely. We had... Um a two-bedroom uh, maisonette in Notting Hill. And we started in 2017, and it was meant to be a 12 to 18-month turnaround, and it lasted four years. Um, we had pretty much every bad news that you could throw at a project. We had very overly nosy neighbors complaining about planning. We had uh, COVID, as I'm sure lots of other people suffered from as well. But everything, anytime the phone rang, you're like, oh, God, this is going to be a bad day for this project. That's what happened. So we were taking down a hedge and we had two elderly ladies who had been watching us with binoculars, not us, the landscape designers, and who claimed that this very shabby hedge in Notting Hill was a protected hedgerow full of beautiful birds and nests that we shouldn't have taken down. Um, we had planning setback after planning setback. We had two sets of squatters move in. Um, and then when the construction was finally well underway, we were on site one day when we heard this massive crumbling. And in front of us, literally blocks started falling down and the concrete common staircase, not in our flat, nothing to do with us, had just decided to collapse. So it's just one of those things where you don't want to pick up the phone to the client and say, guess what happened this week? Um, so yeah, that was a particularly horrendous one. But in hindsight, it's, you know, it was a fantastic project because we got to do some amazing designs and the clients were very chilled out and understanding. Just as well. Luckily, exactly, exactly. So... How long did it go on for? Four years? Four, well, 2017 to 2021. And yeah. you finished it now? Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. It's, uh, yeah, it's one of my favorite ones, but not for all of that, that part of it. It's just, it, look, it looks stunning. But yeah, the, the road there was painful, especially with people squatting and moving in. It's just, you know, the things you wouldn't dream of, that that's what went wrong on that project. How did you keep the team's morale high during a project like that? Well, to be honest, it was just the sheer fact that we had a fantastic client who had the most outrageous taste and really trusted our vision and really went with it. So every time we hit a bump in the road, we're like, just look at the bigger picture, think about the long-term plan. It's all going to resolve itself and it's going to look beautiful. And luckily, luckily, we got there in the end. Joanna, top that. Uh, I can't. <laughs> um, I was going to sort of uh, very slightly pass on this one because, I, I, you know, I feel your pain. I mean, absolutely horrific. But I mean, I think that somehow I've, I've got away without anything being that bad. And I don't know about you because you were lucky with that one. You had clients. I, I find that I can deal with anything on site. You know, I'm always saying if I know what the problem is, I can help find a solution. And if you can find a solution, you can get there. The things that cause me stress and pain, this is about the only serious thing I'm going to say, is I think if, if I feel that as a team, as a person, as a designer, as a professional, I can't provide the right service. And that 
really upsets me. Um, I mean, in a shorthand, uh, one, of the, one of the worst things that ever happened to me was that it was very early in my career, and we were doing a beautiful muse house just off um, Sloan Square, and we just, you know, I was absolutely, you know, panicking about every single detail, and we just got the curtains hung, and it was the most expensive custom-made trimmings and everything, blah, blah, blah. and uh, went away for the weekend, came back expecting the furniture to arrive, to find that the place had burnt down over the weekend. <laughs> wow. Great. And it was quite literally charged. I don't know if any of you have ever had a fire on your site, but the smell is revolting. And for some reason, things melt in a really disgusting, gooey kind they of do. a fashion. And I mean, I do remember just sitting there and sobbing. However, I do think that um, uh, certainly my assistant at that time, who's now married to the decorator who did the house for the second time, by the way, it was a uh, said, don't worry, you're going to earn the money twice because the insurer is <laughs> going to pay for it all. So, you know, clouds and silver linings. So I think that where there are horrible, horrible um, kind of situations, you always have to look for the silver lining. And, you know, even yours, at the end of the day, the client loved it and it was beautiful. So that's really the, the most important thing. Just hang in there. What about the craziest request you've ever had? I've got a really long list, actually. Um, <laughs> so number one, which got lots of giggles from the builders, um, was one client who asked very early on in a very serious way, and this got talked about a lot on site, to make sure we could reinforce the floor and the ceiling for her dance hall in the master bedroom. So, you know, that, that's quite a, an interesting one. Um, by far the craziest was a client um, who had bought a, an extremely beautiful, expensive apartment in Knightsbridge and who was dead serious when he got really upset that we couldn't accommodate a swimming pool in his living room. And when we then explained he would have to buy the flat below to use that space for the swimming pool, he very much seriously considered it for a while until you know it became quite clear that that would be quite outrageous. Um, that's just a few off the top of my head. Yeah, we could be here all day, all week. <laughs> you know. I think one of the craziest that I've ever done was a wonderful American client of mine who I absolutely adore, um, who's ended up being the godfather to my daughter, actually, bought a house in the Boltons. And he then came to me one day when we'd got the planning permission were on site and said, I've just bought the two muse houses behind because, uh, as you know, I'm a sports fanatic and I want a squash court. So I said absolutely fine no problem so the architect and i we went out and we measured it and he plotted it and he came back to me and he said got some bad news for you joanna the two muse houses together are about 45 centimeters too short for a squash court so i thought oh my god what are we going to do you know this is impossible it's going to be an absolute nightmare and, you know, I rang through and he said, well, think of something. I mean, I, you know, just buy the land, buy the muse behind. And I don't know if any of you know the Boltons, but I mean, that's like impossible and listed and starred and, you know, whatever. So I went away and suddenly I had an absolute brainwave. And I came back on Monday and I said to the architect and to the engineer, I've got it. We're going to dig up the lawn. We're going to sink a squash court underneath it. And we're then going to put the lawn back and there was sort of absolute <laughs> silence. And uh, I said, I've measured it out. I know it works. So off we go. And we did. Wow. We dug out the lawn. Randall Sidley was doing the landscaping. He nearly died because he was only allowed about that much to grow his trees in. And it all went back. And the client has his squash court. <laughs> Amazing. And it worked. The other really weird thing is I did have a very wacky rock star um, client 
who you know was utterly wonderful loved working for him he was brilliant he's still a friend and he he, he came to me and he said now he said Jana I want it's one thing I want you to do love he said uh, listen my mum as you know passed away and she's got these four beautiful mink coats that I bought her and I want you to incorporate the mink coats into the scheme so at the end of the day he had the most beautiful mink bedspread oh <laughs> completely unpicked and remade <laughs> that's quite crazy <laughs> brilliant you also tend to find out some odd things uh, very early on we ask our clients quite weird personal questions to get to know them so Ooh, one of the questions give me, give me a clue well, one of the questions <laughs> that we've started asking because it became a plumbing issue on a few projects is on average people shower for seven to twelve minutes um, and we've you know grown to uh, understand here you go here's a shot double shower uh, it's become a bit of a thing for us uh, and then the question is how long do you shower with the two people and so we've had answers ranging from 30 to 45 minutes and then obviously <laughs> the awkward thing that you don't want to ask is well why do you need so much mm. time in the shower um, but yeah it comes with all sorts of plumbing complications and do you have space to store six 100 liter water tanks etc so it is a very valid question to ask but it can either create some awkward answers or raise some suspicious faces indeed awkward questions joanna what, what do you find most awkward asking a client I kind of, I, we, we have it off by road now, but yeah, I know what you mean. Um, yeah, I'm in sort of ablutions now. Would you like a washlet? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're really getting <laughs> scatological at that stage, but you have to, you definitely you have, have to ask that, and yeah. definitely the showers, and definitely the floors, and definitely all of that. And, you know, I, we do have requests that I just now smile and wave and play the grand dame about... Um, I, I do know that sort of back in the 90s, we did do mirrors on the ceiling of oh one my. bedroom, you know, which was kind of pretty wacky and just go, how nice, and would you like the walls too? And, you know, let's smile and wave and carry on, we you had, know. We had, <laughs> we had one client that in a muse house in Notting Hill that decided he was going to take all the landings out, spiral staircase running all the way up from mm. the basement to second floor and put glass in where the landings had been. And I never went on site in a skirt again, ever, yeah, yeah, from yeah, that yeah, day yeah, forth. We've had it those. Was just, it yeah, was yeah, creepy. <laughs> We've definitely had those, and, and quite recently, I mean, like last year, we did, he had a sort of playroom, media room on the top floor with a sort of huge movie screen and, and a bed that came out of the wall at the press of a button. I'm not kidding. The mechanism was a nightmare, by the way, you'll understand that absolute horror story. Uh, with lock cupboards either side of it. Oh, there was a rubber duck story, which I'm not going to repeat. <laughs> Definitely not. I know you were trying to persuade me I, to, but no. Please share. No, no, it's no, okay. no, 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 I'd be taken away. I mean, it's <laughs> not funny. <laughs> so what would you say is the strangest, most wonderful, most horrific, awful, best, worst thing you've ever actually found on a building site when you're down there digging that, that, that squash cord under the lawn? What, the dead body? Have you ever found a dead body on we the site? We have found human bones, but and old bones and things. And um, one of the one of the worst was we we bought uh, my ex ex husband now was a property developer, and he bought three houses that were really derelict. This is back in the day, and um, I remember this is actually a sort of contractor thing down the line, but. I remember the architect, we were all sort of standing around in this sort of dank, dark 
seller. And, you know, they were all saying it's going to cost this much and it needs underpinning and, of course, the roofs are going to have to come off and it's that sort of... And I was sitting there sort of practically, you know, sobbing my sort of everything. I was going to live in one of these houses. At which stage the Polish architect, um, who we hardly knew then, walked across the room, went up to mushrooms growing off the wall, picked one off and started eating it. And we were absolutely horrified you know and I remember my husband going it's not that bad don't kill yourself yeah and he turned round and he said fruiting bodies with a you know with a Polish accent and uh, it, you know it, 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 it he then sort of got a plastic bag out and started sort of putting these harvesting mushrooms, mushrooms. Yeah, harvesting mushrooms um, and then invited us round for a mushroom risotto which I have to say we didn't go to but uh, you know that What's was kind of quite weird not really no <laughs> I'd seen where they'd come from. Do you know what I mean? So that was pretty weird. Now, we have found some weird things. I mean, sort of buttons and photographs and, well, uh, you know, personal things, finding really. Finding sleeping bags and belongings of people who yeah, weren't meant to horrid, be on the yeah. building site. That was, you know, scary. We came across um, the, the bottom half of the most magnificent marble staircase on a job which they changed the entrance and the way the whole uh, entrance hall was laid out. And there were these timber steps above it. And to my absolute delight and astonishment, because we were going to have to rebuild all this. Oh, and there, you could there, use it. There it was. Fabulous. Yes. Amazing Georgian yeah. cantilevered stone, yeah. stone stairs. It's just fantastic. Now, I found painted walls. I mean, quite recently in a job in Cambridge, we found some absolutely amazing arts and crafts, hand scrolling and things when we took off some sort of gopping wallpaper and the, luckily the wallpaper guy said I think you need to come and have yeah. a look at this and we then took the paper down very carefully and found behind it and uh, we were working for the classics professor and his American wife and they just loved the idea of Keeping preserving it, it yeah, all yeah it's yeah. amazing yeah so we found some good things not necessarily horrible mostly yeah. well, I mean we're talking about good things yeah. now we dropped a huge basement under a house right on the edge of the old St George's burial ground, Hanover, mm -hmm. St George's Hanover Square burial ground, which is actually just by Marble Arch. And of course it's right by Tyburn and they used to, anyone that was yeah, killed was yeah. hung at Tyburn, they wouldn't bury them on consecrated ground necessarily. So we had this 3,000 square foot basement we're digging and I had my heart in my mouth for 12 months thinking any minute now they're going to come up with a body. <laughs> and it didn't happen, thank goodness. Tube yeah. lines. <laughs> but not a body. I mean, the one thing you don't want, actually, is to start finding, you know, shards of Roman pottery no, or something, because they go, don't. stop, yep. you know, and three years later, when they've found the time they've excavated it, I mean, it can be a particular problem in the city, which is, well, I was we say, do more resi, but they're, they're at Montpellier Square, of course, we found human bones there now, I can't think about it, because that was a plague pit Ah. Um, during the, you know, 1665. Um, and so there's, there's the you can quite often come across bones in, and I've done several houses up there. But uh, no, that, that's a bit of a worry. When that happens, Joanna, are clients very tolerant of that sort of situation? Quite often not, actually. And how do you, you know, deal with that? What, not telling the clients? Well, uh, just telling the clients shut. to wait three years. Before. Oh, oh, well, it's, it's, it happened on a, on, a, on a job where we were doing the, the, the you know, the top, the president's suite and the whatever, when we don't, it's, I don't do commercial, so it really, I, I don't, don't know, do you? Have you had problems in the city? No, no, no. Yeah. No. But, but most, it, it most still happens. It happened the other day, didn't it? Most, most people set aside, a, you know, they'll, they'll put a million quid contingency aside yeah. in case they do uncover anything. But actually, most of the remains 
well, it depends where you're digging, I suppose, but yeah, it can be. It can be. What they tend to do, though, is they come in and they, they photograph, measure everything. It doesn't usually last months and months and months. They'll, they can be quite quick, but they come and do their investigation and then you're allowed to proceed unless you've uncovered... Well, they found a room in Villa, Well, yes, they, unless you've uncovered ago. the Temple yeah. of Minerva or something yeah, and then yeah, you're probably in trouble. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you pray to the gods that you don't find the Temple of Minerva, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Carry on. Exactly. Indeed. Irene, so what about laughs? You must enjoy what you do, and there must be things that make you laugh out loud on site. There are, and um, the, the one thing that really stands out is, and, and the, the thing is, it was a good thing that I'd been doing the job for a few years, because if this was me being very, very junior, I wouldn't have understood what he meant. But we did a, a project in central London in a beautiful concierge served building. And first meeting, I went up and I said, hi, I'm Irene, you know, can you give me the guidelines, you know, working hours, all of that. And very point blank, he said, well, you know, if you look after me, I will look after you. And so I mentioned this to the client who had been living in this apartment building for a while. He said, oh, yeah, he, he just asks for bribes and this is just <laughs> part of the game. Um, so I'm like, okay, so what, what do we do? So every week there was a little cash envelope that went this gentleman's way. Uh, but it just, yeah, it's just one of those things. It's just outrageous, you know. People, are, you know, they just ask for anything as long as they can see that there's some money being spent and they think they can get away with it. Um, so that was definitely a crazy one. And then, you know, being in the line of work that we are, um, you know, most men and women who are our clients, they look after themselves very well. Uh, so it's definitely not uncommon that we bring a client to site and the builder will ask politely or not so politely about the marital status about the female client and you know trying to inquire if there's any availability for a date uh, which is you know always interesting and we try to maneuver around that diplomatically uh, but yeah those are the two that stand out to me. Joanna what makes you laugh on site? Uh, well I, I, I feel that I'm on a mission I mean well I'm on lots of missions but one of the missions and certainly everybody in my office knows is that I very much feel that as well as being in business to, uh, well, because I love it and because you know we're doing great things, I never lose sight of the fact that we are there because we're there to take the weight and to take a lot of the grief and the stress and the strains away from the client and make sure that you know, they don't have to worry. That's what they're paying us for. That is why we are there. Because of our knowledge, because of our experience, because of our fabulous taste and our great style, etc., etc. And I also think that we are there, and I often say to clients, I am here to make this whole process fun for you. And you know what? That might mean having the most amazing chocolate brownies at a breakfast meeting, or it might mean um, having a glass of champagne, or it might be laughing with somebody about how we're going to do something but it definitely the process should be stimulating amusing entertaining and definitely we're we're there to take the stress out but i've got two funny stories i mean the first of which is um that i had a, a great mate in the army who for some reason that he's now lost in the mists of time was looking after the thai royal family oh, wow. and the thai royal the thai 
royal family had a sort of the embassy was at the top of Queensgate. It was two, three huge houses at the top of Queensgate. And he rang me, he said, oh, God, Joanna, you've got to help me. I've got the crown prince, and apparently he's absolutely horrible coming over, and I've got to take him shopping. Can you help? So you can imagine my sort of little eye lobes. I mean, I was quite young in those days, but absolutely glistened. And I thought, yeah, marvellous. So he's right, come and meet him tomorrow morning. You know, come, absolutely fine. So off I went with my assistant, you know, hairbrush, lip gloss on, to meet the crown prince. And we get ushered into the presence. And immediately I'm told, no, 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 you're not allowed to sit down in front of the crown prince. So there we are, sort of standing like this. Crown prince comes in in sort of full braid and a funny hat and all sorts of things. Uh, and immediately lights a cigarette. And there's a sort of translator just here. Uh, and the minute he lights a cigarette, two little boys about this high, wearing full turquoise sat satin and braid, they look like a member of our panto cast, come rushing in backwards. So these little boys in satin are coming in backwards. At speed. At speed, with ashtrays on their heads. I am not even kidding. And they then kneel down backwards in front of the Thai prince. And I am standing there. My assistant is here. And my mate, Johnny, who's in the army, is there. And the three of us get church giggles. Well, you know, church giggles means you simply cannot speak for five minutes. I mean, absolutely. Uh, anyway, luckily, I, he couldn't speak English and didn't understand, and he spent a lot of money at S.J. Phillips, so it all worked out fine. But, uh, yeah, that was quite funny. And then I had another client quite recently who said, now, now, Joanna, the one thing I've always wanted, I really would like you to look into in for me, is, is I really want a muriel. And I said, what is a muriel? You know, I, I, I went, oh, oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. And, of course, it transpired that a muriel was a mural and that we were supposed <laughs> to find somebody who painted us. So in our office now, anything that's hand-painted is now known as a mural. I'll tell you what, let's propose a mural. Not to Gournay, we'll go the full mural. Absolutely <laughs> always been a mural. Brilliant. Lots, lots to make us laugh, actually. Lots and lots and lots. We deal with such a broad spectrum of crafts and people and nationalities and I mean there is something makes me laugh every day many yeah. times absolutely many yeah. times yeah. wouldn't you agree yes yeah yeah. Cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah or yeah <laughs> both but it's better than nothing isn't it <laughs> for sure and Irene I hear that in your office you actually keep a, a, a list mm -hmm. of some of these weird and wonderful things that go on is, is that part of a sanity check for the business <laughs> it's, it's not really well, you could put it that way. It's just uh, making sure that, you know, we all work across about 10 projects every year. So it's a question of the benefit that you gain on one project and the mistakes and the, you know, funny things that can be quite financially painful, uh, that they don't happen again. So we call it the oh shit list. And it's a, just a Word document that is, you know, we've got categories, it's all very organized. You've got the FFNE category and the joinery and, you know, all sorts of things. And the more eccentric the client, you know, the more you add to this list because people can be very specific, you know, sports socks need a drawer that is that big and dress socks need another kind of drawer. And how did you not know this? How could you not have predicted that this was going to be necessary? Darling, I've had bra sizes. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I, I know, we've all had those OCD clouds, haven't we? Yeah, no. The bra goes like this, and there's a rib, and yeah. 
Yeah, the watch winding ones. Yeah. <laughs> like this. Or you get some yeah. funny looks when you ask about the husband's shoe size and the wife is oh, like, yeah, no, no, why do you that. need to know yeah, that? Always like, do just that. for the shoe shelves. I'm <laughs> yeah. not interested in anything else. Do they say about big, <laughs> yeah, yeah. big client, big shoes? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so folding of underwear is a big deal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah sure yeah. thing. And do you, do you fold or do you hang your shirts, yeah. for example? No, the bra the size shirt. was quite something. Yeah. I or, or, or recently, you know, I talked about size of washing machine and laundry bins, and it was like, what, what, why do we need that? They just go to the dry cleaners. I'm like, okay, well, fine. And then, but then you, that's <laughs> far better than the one that goes, well, it could be 42 or 44, and you're talking about a bloody laundry for it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, do I want it here? You know, you do get that, don't you? You do. Very OCD. Yeah. And then, of course, there's also the naughty question of what people keep in their bedside cabinets. That can always be give them drawers one. and uh, skip Absolutely. that one, don't you? Yes. Cover the drawers. As long as they've got a drawer in them, you yeah. can sort of pass on or that, Or what they keep you? on display on their bedside cabinets when they've moved in and yeah. you need to go and change something. That's always a, a good one. <laughs> Anything more specific no. you'd like to say? <laughs> I didn't Definitely think so. not. <laughs> I didn't think so. What about we were going to? We're also wondering what what's the scariest thing that's ever happened to you guys on a on a building site? Um, uh, it was it was things. two colleagues of mine, and it was when they had a concrete staircase literally crumbling in front of their. If they would have been two feet further, uh, luckily they were wearing hard hats, but I don't think it would have done much. Um, so it can be you know very boring, uh, quite as seriously dangerous job to do if you don't have your wits about you oh, and yeah, you don't think about those things uh, and you know personally I have an absolute fear of heights so the day that I had to climb up a seven-story scaffold and that was just this considered to be part of the course and that's mm. just what you do and I'm like oh god kill me now yeah that, that those are not those are not good days and you, you know you go to bed feeling happy you're still alive uh, but luckily you know very very few and far in between mostly uh, you know the builders we work with they make us feel very safe and, and looked after and now that I'm, I'm pregnant I even had a, a builder who said oh I've checked with my insurance you're not allowed on my site past so many months so please can you wait outside and we'll inform you how the site meeting no. progresses um, so you, people are very you know concerned about their insurance and making sure they do everything properly God. would interior design ever be a life and death experience for you Joanna I think but um, I tell you, the scariest moment, I promise you, I still wait sweating in the middle of the night, is actually financial rather than uh, physical danger. I'm quite good up and down ladders. I don't mind them at all. Um, although you don't go to site meetings in miniskirts, do you, if no, you're going up ladders? No, no, no. Uh, was that, that I was with, with a client um, and we went to Monaco for the sale, the big, they used to have the big summer sale and this crazy crazy client, um, we were doing his house to look like Malmaison, which was Napoleon and Josephine's country house. I'm kidding you not, this is back in the 90s, and he was Elton John's manager, so it was all very rock star, it was bloody good fun, I tell you. So we fly down and we stay at the, is it the Imperial in Monaco, you know, the big so, one? Yes. And the palace, the palace. So we're in the palace hotel and we're buying art because what I've been asked to do, which is so much fun, is, uh, or what I've told him that he wants to ask me to do, is to collect 
all the furniture that is Napoleonic that goes into, which is in keeping with the interiors that we're building. And of course, they have the, front, the big French sale goes on there. So there we are in Christie's and we've viewed and we know what we're going to bid for. And we're, it's a sort of three day sale and we're in the arts section. And I know that we're going to be bidding for this, this and this. And I've got John sitting next door to me and my mate Humphrey Butler is taking the sale. And I promise you, I am sitting there like this probably slightly dozing and this sort of huge gopping picture of Jesus Christ on the cross <laughs> bleeding with a pale green and sort of dying face poor chap you know crown of thorns blood everywhere really really depressing comes up and I'm nodding and thinking okay well we're two to go till I'm bidding for the next <laughs> lot and suddenly I hear, and it's 80,000 to Joanna Wood, and it's 90,000 to, and it's 95,000 to Joanna Wood. And I am like this, thinking, I didn't breathe. I didn't move. I didn't breathe. I did absolutely nothing. And I've got John beside me going, fucking hell, Joanna, we're not bidding for that. Blight her up, bleeding on his cross. I'm not having any of that. And I'm thinking, I didn't move, John, and I'm not moving, and I'm not saying anything, and it's Joanna Wood at 110,000. <laughs> and I know, I am sort of frozen in horror, thinking, shit, what have I done? Did I put my, did I, you know, you know what's happened? Anyway, to cut a long and agonizing story short, of course, he had the museum of I'm not going to tell you where, bidding against me as a hypothetical bidder, which, you know, this was a long time ago. And it was absolutely nothing to do with it. But I aged about ten years in about <laughs> three and a, in about three and a half minutes. Oh, <laughs> then, because you really do sit there thinking, "Shit, I must have ticked the wrong box." Do you know what is, I mean? Oh, so that was much worse than climbing up any ladder or any fire or anything. I can tell you, <laughs> agony. I can absolutely oh. believe it. Excellent. Okay, so. What is the worst piece of news you've ever had to deliver to a client? Do you want to go first on Ooh. that one, Joanna? I don't know. I don't think that's on I've my got, list. I've got, I've got one I'll throw into the mix here. I had to phone a client up once and tell him that the builder had stripped out the wrong bathroom. <gasps> oh, I've had a few of those. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was gone. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that family bathroom but did, but you did you like it or was it well, kind it of a no it wasn't terribly nice well, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> even so it was just like terrible there are endless bits of bad news aren't there but I mean I tell you what I tell you guys out there who are designers never deliver the bad news to a client without having a solution so if you are going in there to say do you know what it's going to cost you a million pounds more than you're expecting and it's probably always money that's the worst news or your roof's fallen in or well you know you've got dry rot is a bad one and I have had that and and the other day we had something that was moth infested I'm sure we've all got problems with that at the moment so they've got a silk carpet that cost about 40 grand eaten on the underneath so 40 grand worth of silk carpet you know termite but always go with a solution so your silk carpet has been eaten by termites but there's a terrible coffee stain to the right of the bed. And look, here's three samples for beautiful <laughs> new ones, you know, is, is the solution. Or never always have something to, you know, the, the carrot and the, and the, and the bad, with the well, bad no, news. Well, it can make you look sweet. like a bit of a hero. I remember yeah. doing a, a house in uh, Rutland Gate. And 72 hours before the client was due to move in, we got a call from the main contractor saying he'd been let down by his glazing company and there were going to be no shower enclosures. And we kind of have the attitude that unless we 
physically know it is impossible, we're going to try everything to make it possible. So I spent some time on Google, found this company in Acton. They could do, they were toughening glass themselves. Um, so I drove over there with two boxes of um, um, donuts and I kind of charmed them and they delivered seven bespoke shower enclosures in 48 hours and the client was none the wiser but you know we did tell them afterwards just because you know it makes you look good so yeah great can we yeah. have their number and uh, another bad news that i had to tell a client and there was no nice way to go about that he had bought the apartment above his own apartment and he was doing that up because he w was going to move up there and rent out the one he was living in at the moment and as you know, when you're doing apartments, the time when the floorboards are exposed and the only thing separating the flat you're working on to, with the flat below is a tiny bit of plasterboard in a Victorian or Georgian building, there is nothing more petrifying. Uh, and of course, the unimaginable happened and the builder went through the plasterboard and at some point there was legs in the flat below and upper body and arms oh my God, in the flat above. Himself. And you know, <laughs> thankfully, the guy owned both of them, but there was a large piece of plasterboard that ended up on grandfather's head, who was luckily <laughs> fine. But it's not a call you want to make. There's no, there's no positive spin you can put on that. It's not like a, your ceiling needed redecorating anyway. Because it could have been a lot worse. So, uh, you know, that is one of the many reasons I'm very happy we're graduated to houses and I don't have to worry about flats anymore. Because you saved a life. I know. Uh, yeah, I guess I did. Yeah, we, I we, had I did. A, we had an awful experience with a, with a plasterboard ceiling. It was a house that had been damaged during the Second World War and it had amazing and ornate plaster in a, in a ballroom. And the guys on site were using this space as their <coughs> lunchroom. So, you know, it was a huge team, probably 40, 50 people on site. And the entire, it had been repaired badly after the war using concrete. And nobody, but it, the, the, the work we were doing on the, the house must have right. yeah. destabilized it. And the entire thing came down and all the chairs and the tables in this, in this, in this canteen effectively were just flattened. Yeah, but because it happened at 10 past three, no one was in the room. Had it happened two hours earlier, we probably would have killed 20, 30 guys. It wow. was horrific. Amazing. So I was able to tell the client, so well, we're gonna have That's to replace that ceiling, we didn't but kill we didn't lose anyone. <laughs> It was awful, just yeah. awful. Yeah. Anyway, no, there we go. Does it happen, doesn't it? Floods. So, the most disastrous misreading of a drawing or specification. What was it and what happened next? I've got the best on this, which <laughs> is that um, there's a, a client that we were working for here who we'd just done a house um, in Kedagan Gardens, and um, they'd bought a plot in Barbados, just a, a plot on the, on the sea, and they had uh, an American architect who was doing it, but they wanted us just to look over the plans and give some advice. And we did some layouts, and we did some layouts for a gorgeous pool, which we did on CAD at 1 to 50, shrank <laughs> to 1 to 100, sent them, but you know, had them passed and signed off by the client just as schematics, and sent them out to the American architect and apart from a couple of interior furniture layouts and you know kind of mood boards we were then uh, you know not involved with it. it was absolutely fine until we go to to check it and i walk out and this swimming pool that i was expecting to be about the length of this room is freaking enormous i mean it could have been a water park somewhere i mean absolutely and i'm kind of hyperventilating thinking what 
what's happened? And I turned around to, to, to the guy on site, luckily the client wasn't there, and went, uh, uh, yeah, okay, so, so what happened? And uh, to cut a long story short, it transpired that they had taken one to a hundred and assumed it was four foot to the inch, even though it was written on the scale at the bottom, <laughs> and therefore had made this four times bigger. And, and, the, and the pool was sort of kind of, it sounds hideous, but it was actually rather wonderful, was kind of amoebic and had an island and then another island so that it could be, they had four children, <laughs> so it had a children's bit. I mean, honestly, you could have started a fishing center, you know, one of those. Anyway, amazingly, the clouds absolutely loved it. They're terribly rich and they never batted an eyelid. And I don't think I've really told anybody until now. So you better keep my secret, you lot. <laughs> Four times. No, my, my my nightmare drawing interpretations somehow always seem to relate to wallpaper, um, whereby <laughs> when when we now do a chinoiserie wallpaper order, I just until it's in, on site and installed, I, I just don't sleep that well. Um, we had a, a project where we did a beautiful de Gournay wallpaper around a whole master bathroom. And on the drawings, there was this big cupboard that was clearly going to be clad in the wallpaper. The flower drawing was continued, but the wallpaper had decided that he would check with the plumber and the plumber thought it was gonna be a mirrored cupboard. So they took that piece of wallpaper, cut it out, chucked it in the bin. What? And that was a very, very expensive situation. Oh my God, situation. how awful. And, you know, led to threats of oh. suing and all sorts of stuff. And in the end, it all worked out okay. But yeah, uh, it, the, the wrong wallpaper. We, we had a job whereby we gave the, we always give the contractor a little, little piece of the wallpaper so they can check it. Uh, and he had checked it, but his installer had somehow been misinformed. So we arrived at a beautiful master bedroom, which was 80% done in this gorgeous Philip Jeffries wallpaper. But it was the wrong Upside wallpaper. Down. Yeah. No, the wrong, literally the wrong the wallpaper. Wrong paper. And you know, they're luckily, because we have the paper trail, they have to sort it out mm. and fix it. But it's still, yeah paid for yeah no i've hung i think i've walked in and seen things upside down and kind of blagged it through haven't you yeah i mean i'm sure we've yeah. all done that <laughs> it looks much better yeah, yeah. Well, well, of course i wanted it that yeah, way yes, up. yeah 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 didn't i tell you <laughs> <laughs> well it depends of course you can't have flowers going down but if it's a sort of spot or something you know you could do that one upside down couldn't you you could you could <laughs> okay worst ff and e disaster um this was early days um, I ordered the wrong configuration of L-shaped sofa in my very junior green mind L-shape was L-shape when you know it really isn't unless everything's modular uh, but yeah I, I blanked it and the client came in and she's like oh god you've changed the sofa I'm like well we tried both ways and this looks so much better because clearly physically it would be impossible the other way around and she loved it so thank god because you it's know it's an upside as you down know, wallpaper moment <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah that 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 stays with you uh, and you know other things like Checking the front door size. Does it fit through the front door? Yeah. But then there's this awkward hallway door and we haven't checked that and then the table just doesn't quite fit through. But, you know, not as disastrous as the L shape. Mm. That was the that was the kind of the one that stayed with me for a long time. Or the two the two long chandelier that ends up being forty centimetres off the floor. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Anything to add, Joanna? Well, I think mine was, is, is, is most embarrassing rather than worst, which is um, 
again, when I was very junior and longing to earn money, I, I, I worked for... I, yeah, I had a bit of a rock star past, actually. I worked, there was a band called Hot Chocolate. Oh, yes. Oh, and yeah. the lead singer of Hot Chocolate was Errol Brown, who was really, really cool. And he, um, he did that very famous one, you know, where'd you come from, you sexy thing. Uh, and I, you know, we just thought he was completely wonderful in the office. And we get the call, could we come down to have a look at his house? And, you know, do we want to do it? And I go, yes, of course we do. And uh, so we walk in and we meet Errol, who is as cool and wonderful and funky as everybody says he is, and he was absolutely amazing. And we meet his girlfriend, da, 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 da. and he, they then say they've got this huge sort of glass room with millions of windows. It's about the size of this room, glass around three sides of it. And she then goes, I know exactly what I want. I know exactly what I want. I want white shag pile carpet and I want pink moiré festoon blinds with frills all the way around. <laughs> oh my God. And I did it. I absolutely did it. It earned a fortune. I tell you, it was absolutely <laughs> wonderful. Most embarrassing FF&E moment. Fantastic, fantastic. Okay, I'm gonna ask Joanna, what one piece of advice would you have for designers having to deal with the trials and tribulations of being a designer? Oh, that's a very good question. I would say whatever happens and whatever you do and wherever you go, keep your sense of humor. Always find, always look on the bright side of life, really. Very good. Irene, what would you say? Um, that's a slightly more cynical answer than that, I'm afraid. <laughs> uh, I, I guess it, you learn to just always look a few steps ahead. Uh, you know, what might happen in this scenario or that scenario and kind of mentally prepare yourself for this could go wrong and this could go wrong so let's do this and this and this way so those things don't happen so just look ahead and be prepared for whatever might hit you be flexible and creative yeah and i think joanna summed it up when she said if you have a problem always have the solution as well go to the client with the problem and the, and solution. the solution yeah last question worst contractor moment you've ever had to deal with Worst. Worst. Oh, God, this, uh, have you got another hour and a half? But I, I, I have got a very good contractor story, which is that at one stage, I actually ran my own contractors. And uh, I was quite naive in those days. So I, the building team under Con O'Shea and Brian, who were absolutely amazing, were all Irish. And the decorators under Jeff Woods were all from the East End. And of course, I hadn't clocked that the Irish and uh, 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 you know the East End Londoners loathed each other so there was always sort of terrible sort of uh, you know traumas and dramas between them and there was one friday night when when paddy got came in from the pub and started a fight and i found that he arrived at my site to find absolutely everybody rat and fighting and that really was bad and the worst thing about it was that i had to fire paddy who i adored because he'd started it all and was pissed on site that's absolutely one of the low moments of my career, actually. <laughs> Sounds uh, terrible. Love them. Mine is very similar, alcoholic-related. <laughs> yeah, Friday. Um, we had a, a perfectly finished project, and the client asked a, a year down the line, could we possibly repaint this room because they're going to transform it into a nursery? And uh, they came home to find, the client came home to find several opened cans of beers in the fridge. So not only had they helped themselves to the client's beer, they had also left the evidence. And yeah, that was, you know, straight dismissal on the day. But yeah, painfully awkward. And there's just a lot of builder 
kind of misinterpretations that happened where we had a tap that was installed the wrong way around. And then they tried the same approach with us. They try and blag it and be mm. like, oh, but you know, it could work this way too. And it's like, no, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but no, mostly, uh, mostly luckily, very helpful and professional building teams that we work with. What about you, Susie? Builder Agro. Mm, Builder Agro. Uh, probably the worst one was, again, the same, the same Notting Hill job with the client that put all the glass landings in the staircase. We had, there was a dispute where just before Christmas that year, the flooring contractor fell out with the contractor and the contractor wasn't going to pay him. And so the flooring contractor got his the gang from Harlston. There was the gang from Harlston and then and then the builder got his gang and they were both they were gonna get these two gangs to kind of have this big, I don't know, drive by shooting, so I'm not quite sure what they were planning. Anyway, it turned out that it was the same gang. Oh god. <laughs> they both knew the same gang. So no no Oops. aggro occurred whatsoever. Oops. But the but the flooring contractor didn't yeah. get paid. He was very annoyed. No, it's anyway. a lot more elf and safety these days, yes. actually. It's a lot more. Yeah, those were the days. Those were the days. Well, look, thank you so much. It's been a very entertaining for 45 so minutes. Yes. Thank you so much to Irene and Joanna for sharing your wonderful stories with us. We could have talked for hours. And I just wanted to reassure our audience and our listeners that all the places and names have been changed to protect the innocent and that no clients have been harmed in the making of this podcast. Yes, we hope you all enjoyed this show as much as we did. Thank you also to Decorex for hosting us. To you, our amazing audience, and to our podcast partners, John Lewis and Partners Business and Parkside Architectural Tiles. We are on Instagram and Facebook at Interior Design Business Pod. This episode of the Interior Design Business is a Wildwood production. Thank you.